listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. I'm really, really interested in that horse-human communication. And most horse owners will tell you that they can read their horses to an extent. They know whether the horse is feeling a bit grumpy, the horse is a bit more excited, the horse is happy, the horse is relaxed. Horse owners can see that pretty easily. Can horses also detect what we're feeling or thinking? And most horse owners will tell you, yes, they can. Um, but I was really interested in the science behind this. Is there any proof that horses can sense what we're feeling? And in particular, can they sense fear? And if they can sense fear, does it then make them fearful? Or are they stoic enough to continue on their own emotional state? Or are they influenced in some way? Most people will tell you anecdotally that horses are influenced by a nervous rider. They are influenced when our own fear sets in, that they start to tighten up, that they start to wonder what the danger is. But is this really true? Is it a myth? Is it pseudoscience? Is it completely anecdotal? Does it depend on the horse? Or is it true for all horses all the time? Stories and see whether the scientists had an opinion on this horse human communication. So, the first study that I found very interesting. I do not in any way envy the researchers, and, and you probably won't either when you hear what they had to do. So this group of researchers were from the University of Pisa and they were looking at pheromones or these odour chemicals that go between species and in particular they were looking at human odours and how they influence the horse's behaviour. So what they did, they had male volunteers who hadn't used any deodorants or fragrances for several days. Can you imagine this? the setup of this experiment? Anyway, these volunteers were then sat in front of televisions and they watched either horror films or feel-good films. And the underarm sweat that they produced whilst they were watching these films was collected on pads. And these pads were then shoved under the horses' noses. So the horses were then able to smell these sweat pads. And the researchers had strapped cardiac monitors to the horses so that they could gauge their responses. Now, it seems from that study that it was very, very clear that horses could detect a difference between the fear sweat from the volunteers who'd watched the horror film and the more joyful, happy, feel-good sweat from the people who had watched the feel-good movies. And so that was really interesting that they could detect this quite simply and it was quite clear-cut in the results. And so the next study that I found did it the opposite way round. 
can humans detect whether or not horses are fearful? Well, in this case, although the study was limited to numbers and it probably needs repeating with with different cases and different people and different horses, a much larger scale study, the preliminary results seem to suggest that humans can detect those fear chemicals put out into the sweat of horses. So what happened in this study from the University of Warsaw was that they had sweat from thoroughbreds and they had thoroughbreds in a fearful situation and in a more relaxed situation and the human volunteers were able to detect which was which. Now the slight flaw in the study is that when the horses were fearful they were sweating more so the human volunteers were able to see that those sweat pads did contain more sweat. So were the humans responding to the smell alone or the fact that they could see that there was more sweat produced and maybe not on purpose, but simply by, you know, automatic visual cues, they were deciding that this was a fearful horse. So more research needs to probably be done in that area, although the results do suggest that we too can pick up on a horse's fear, not necessarily by their expressions or their body language, but also by the sense that they are producing in their sweat. So that's quite interesting to me that there's this interplay between horse and rider or horse and horse owner constantly happening on a very, very unconscious level that we can detect these olfactory cues between the partnership. And that leads me on to ask the question, which member of the partnership is the cause and which member is the effect? Or could it even be simultaneous, depending on the situation? But it's quite interesting to me that if we have got this interplay between the horse and the horse owner, the rider and so on, and it's happening without us having an active role, we're simply producing these chemicals and we don't know about them. We're also detecting the chemicals from our partner. And again, that's a very unconscious thing because we're not thinking, oh, I can smell fear here or I can smell joy it would be really nice to find out whether or not, not only can we detect it, if we then actively override, let's say, fear in the rider, get the rider to be more confident, does that then have an effect on the horse? And I'm absolutely sure that it would do, but that would be quite a nice study to do as well. The next thing that I looked at was from the University of Guelph in Canada and for this they had horses in a round pen and they sent a human volunteer into the round pen. They didn't need to do anything, the human volunteer, simply stand there. The humans were blindfolded and the humans were of two types. One was nervous of horses gosh, they must have been quite brave to be able to walk into a round pen when they were frightened and blindfolded. 
And the second group were absolutely fine with horses and they were also blindfolded. So this was so that the the researchers could see what was happening in terms of the horse behavior and also to be able to monitor the cardiac rates of the human and the horses. And what seemed to happen was that the horses, once the person went in with the fear, they moved much more slowly. They carried their heads more towards the ground. They had much lower head carriage, but their heart rates didn't increase appreciably. They they were kind of curious, if you like, and the researchers even labelled it as a certain level of sympathy. Now, obviously, in that situation, you've got a group of horses and one fearful human. And the horses know one another, work with one another, interact with one another. They are a little herd together and you've got one scared human in there. So that's kind of different, isn't it, to the one-to-one relationship of a horse and a rider. But it's still really fascinating that in a group, they showed more sympathy than they all became very, very scared because the human had initiated it. In that case, the human really didn't have a lot of bearing on the horses feeling fear. The horses actually were were quite warm towards the human. The next study that I looked at was from the University of Tours in France, but something very similar was done at the University of Sussex as well. Now, this study looked at visual cues and the French team also looked at auditory cues as well. So they looked at sounds. And the question was, can horses recognise human emotions by visual or auditory means? So can they look at a human? You know, you've just come from work. You're just going down to the yard to have a ride. Can they spot how you feel? Are you wearing your emotions on your sleeve and can the the horses know exactly what kind of mood you're in? Well, the researchers tested horses with animated pictures of human facial expressions. So one was joy and the other one was anger. And the French team also had a vocalization played at the same time. So the vocalization matched the emotion initially. So the joy, they had a vocalization, which was non-words, probably a shriek of joy or something like that, or a whoop. I don't know exactly what they used, but they had some kind of sound from a human that was to represent joy. And they did similarly for the anger. So they had an anger sound coming from a human played at the same time that they showed them the anger expression. They monitored the behavior of the horses and their heart rate changes. And what they very easily found was that there was a definite vigilant posture for the anger. So there was vigilance, there was, you know, let's get ready kind of thing and a very much relaxed posture for the joy. Now, what happened when they had the picture 
and they played the opposite sound. So for instance, they had the joyful picture and they played the anger sound or they had the anger picture and they played the joyful sound was that the horses looked kind of curious. And if a horse can look puzzled, then they look puzzled. They they recognised that this was a mismatch, that there was some incongruency here. And I think that was really, really interesting. They knew that they were being fooled, if you like. They knew that these things didn't match. The Sussex team noticed that when they did a very similar experiment, that horses detecting anger tended to look more with their left eyes. And that suggested that they were engaging the part of the brain where the fear stimuli are processed. So they were accessing that right-hand side of the brain, which was quite interesting. In other words, they didn't say in the study whether this in turn created fear, but certainly it was stimulating that neural beginnings of fear. So I'm presuming that that was what was happening, that the pictures were shown to them and they were starting to feel a little bit anxious. Now, all the studies so far are with humans and horses, but none of them with somebody riding a horse. So, all of those were done on the ground in quite experimental setups. I wouldn't say false, but not necessarily the natural setup of one horse owner with one horse. The last study that I looked at then was looking at a rider and looking at riding tension, in other words, the muscular tension in a rider and whether it influenced the horse in any way. So they decided to look at people who were doing show jumping and dressage. This again is from the University of Guelph. And what they did was that they found that tension, in other words, the the kind of tension caused by nervousness in the muscles of the rider did induce a nervousness in the horses. They found a few other bits and pieces that were quite interesting as well. They found that horses ridden in Rolcur riding style showed even stronger fear compared to those in a more conventional, some would say, kinder way of riding. They also found that horses who had been bred from show jumping lines showed a weaker fear response than those bred from dressage lines. And I suppose nowadays, because humans, we breed horses for a specific purpose, then we breed them for a certain job. And in so doing, we may inadvertently be taking the kind of more bravery style of genes through a certain line. And in this case, it seemed to be the show jumpers that had a little bit less fear than the dressage horses that were looked at. So fear in that sense, or the capacity to react to fear in a rider, seems to have some kind of genetic basis. So in conclusion, then we've probably got a verification of what we already know. 
in that horses can detect emotions in humans and they can detect different emotions. And it's not simply that they detect something negative or positive. They seem to be able to detect other emotions as well. And that we as humans can also detect our horse's emotions. So there's this wonderful interplay between the horse and the human, which I think is just fantastic. It's done very unconsciously. We have those visual cues. We obviously have auditory cues and we have the kinesthetic cues, the muscle tension, because we can feel a tense horse when we're riding and we can see tension in a horse when a horse is moving and not being ridden. And they too can sense our tension in the muscles as well. All in all, we've got these sensory cues from the outside world so we, we see things, we hear things, we feel things, and they tell us what the partner is also feeling. And that may or may not then influence how we feel. And I suppose we have to take it individual by individual. Some horses are going to be more stoic. And like the study where they had the blindfolded person in the pen, in the round pen with the horses, those horses didn't react necessarily in any negative way towards the nervous person. And you're going to get horses like that when you're riding. And then you're also going to get the horses who are more, I wouldn't say sensitive, because I'm sure the stoic horses can still pick up on it. It's just the reactivity of the horse then. But you've got some horses that are more reactive to how the rider feels, just like you will have riders who are more stoic about a horse being nervous or sensitive whilst they're riding. And you'll also have riders who themselves get a little bit het up because of what's happening to the horse and they realise the horse is getting more nervous, it's more on its toes and so the rider is reacting in that way and becoming more and more nervous themselves. So it would be very interesting, I think, to be able to overcome this in the rider because we were talking about cause and effect, which member of the partnership initiates the fear. Is it the rider? Is it the horse? Well, at least we could try to decrease our own emotional heightened response of fear by using maybe some mindset techniques, breathing techniques, or even getting in physical practice like yoga or Pilates so that you have the physical proprioception to know when your muscles are switched on, when you're clamping, when you're tensing up your muscles so that you can then learn to relax them much more quickly, much more easily. Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Take care and I'll see you again soon. 